mess in this attic Lot going on, but there ain't no need to panic Got something new to say Ain't no filter to shit Coming straight from the brain What's up everybody? Today is Friday, June 3rd, 2022 This is A Talk in the Attic And I'm your host, Kirk Ross How are you doing? How was your Memorial Day weekend? Did you slam your digestive systems chock full of bratwurst and cheeseburgers? Our brave servicemen and women have fought so valiantly for our right to do so, so I certainly hope you did. Today's installment is based solely on our Memorial Day 2022, which was spent in downtown Detroit at the Movement Music Festival. Movement is a three-day festival that since 2000, I believe, has taken over downtown Detroit's riverfront inside Hart Plaza. Starting in 2000, Detroit Electronic Music Fest, or DEMP for short, began its reign as one of the first and longest festivals of its kind. The recurring holiday weekend shindig focuses on techno, a genre of EDM that is known to have been invented inside the Detroit underground music scene of the 1980s. Techno music is marked by continuous four-on-the-floor drum beats, ranging between 120 and 150 beats per minute. Typically short on melodic elements, the techno genre includes Afro-inspired funk bass lines and driving repetitive rhythmic elements. Detroit techno specifically spewed from the early European dance music and developed a life of its own in the Motor City. And unlike most modern forms of music, the stage presence of techno producers and DJs is minimal, relying on the audience to make their own visual entertainment by way of dancing, hula hooping, juggling, and other forms of flow art. In other words, there isn't much to see on stage. The performing DJs provide the musical backdrop for the real show, which is the unique self-expression of its individual onlookers. But enough about the Detroit techno genre, that's not what this episode is about. The reality is, I'm not a huge techno fan. It's fine. I enjoy it at times, but it's not my preferred genre. And in spite of this reality, this past weekend sped at Movement 22 blew my expectations out of the water. As counterintuitive as it sounds, the music at this music festival didn't really matter. What mattered was the friendship, what mattered was the fashion, the dancing, and the overall vibe of the entire production. What mattered was the utter openness with which seemingly every attendee operated. There was no judgment, there were no fights, there weren't scores of wasted kids looking for trouble. It was quite the opposite. It was all about love, it was all about fun. And I didn't quite know it when we arrived, but love was exactly what we all needed. You have to excuse the sunglasses today. The security at movement made pre 9 11 TSA look like the Gestapo. So, to that point, my pupils are still a little photosensitive. But let's get into this thing. Let's start the show. My first ever movement festival saw me as part of a large crew of friends, both old and new. About half of our squad is super into techno, none more than DJ Adam Ortiz, who y'all probably remember from episode 136. Check it out if you haven't already. 
Adam's an expert. He's been to movement a lot, and he took advantage of the Slick Movement app to schedule nearly every single session available from his favorite artist. So he, he came into each day with an itinerary. I, on the other hand, was more of a free agent. In total, the festival provided six separate stages, all uniquely positioned for distinct city views. The layout, perhaps more than anything, was what really made this festival special, I thought. Internationally known as a prime skateboarding area, Hart Plaza includes huge concrete structures and ramps and steps and bowls. Every stage was at least partially obscured by large trees, making for a really great mix of like natural and man-made scenery. The pyramid stage was backed right up to the Detroit River with downtown Windsor, Ontario in Canada serving as the not-so-distant backdrop. The riverfront stage was the shadiest offering which came in handy when it became like 150 fucking degrees during the second half of the event. Each stage was separated by just 100 yards or so, sometimes less, sometimes more. And I know what you're thinking. How can six stages pump out loud 808s and bass lines without interfering with one another? Well, the aforementioned obstacles, fountains, pyramids, trees, buildings, things like that, coupled with excellent sound design, all but eliminated this concern. At times, you were positioned at the outskirts of a stage's crowd, and you could maybe hear neighboring audio leak into the soundscape, but that was easily avoidable. One area in particular, though, between the main stage and the underground, which was truly underground, was by far the worst location for this anomaly. Uh, easily avoidable for concert goers, yeah, but the people that were actually working there, volunteering their time to sell water and beer for a charity, were in an audio war zone. So give it up for all the volunteers. Not only did they donate their time for a charitable cause, but they also endured the confusing mashup of disparate tempos and genres. Here's a little taste of their life for three days. But again, somehow the genius layout of this whole thing all but eliminated this completely disorienting phenomenon in most every location. Bravo. The crowd at movement at surface level was a music festival cliche of scantily clad onlookers. But it's only cliche from a distance, honestly, because what makes movement so magical is the true authenticity with which each attendee operated. The loud and unique fashion on display wasn't some festival trope. Rather, it was true self-expression in the truest sense. I saw people from all walks of life dressing exactly as they wanted to. I saw small asses, huge asses. I saw nipples and navels aplenty. I saw one guy wearing a giant inflatable set of anal beads positioned as a ponytail. I saw males and females and everything in between. People danced with one another regardless of their sexual persuasion. Nobody was singled out as an oddity. We were all just humans. I saw babies, toddlers, teens, parents, and grandparents. I saw bare feet flip-flops, high heels. I saw hush puppies and converse and even new balances. And to a T, regardless of my own personal stylings, I saw people being themselves. I saw hula hoopers. Shout out to my rad partner in crime, Jessica. Bow staffers. What up, Will and Ben? There were dancers and jugglers and booty shakers. It was refreshing and impressive to watch swaths of flow artists doing their own thing. And while everyone got a show out of their efforts, these folks were doing it for themselves and themselves alone. Not a minute went by in which I didn't see an observer complimenting the organic performances that broke out in nearly every nook and cranny of Hart Plaza. My immediate crew of 12 grew throughout the weekend. Small inside jokes that began with fellow strangers developed into three-day recurring callbacks. On Friday, during my first session in the loudest, bassiest section of the pyramid stage, a neighbor and I were discussing the soul-rattling, borderline soul-crushing sub-bass that rattled the pyramid and shook our ribcages. 
My new friend was ready to find a new spot. And before he left, I told him, hey, maybe I'll see you later, assuming you don't find my melted corpse pooled up at the base of this pyramid. He laughed and said he'd keep an eye out. And I said, hey, if you don't hear from me in 20 minutes, then please contact the authorities, I told him. He giggled, agreed, and walked off. Fast forward about seven hours. It's dark now, and I'm getting tapped on my shoulder. It was my new red-bearded friend from earlier. Oh, thank God, he exclaimed. I hadn't heard from you, so I alerted the authorities, but I'll give him a call now and let him know you're okay after all. We laughed and hugged and went our separate ways. Fast forward a couple more days to Monday, the hottest and final day of the event. My friend Ben and I were chilling in the shade on the river's edge, feeling the breeze as we peered over to Canada. And old Redbeard was there too. He told me that he'd been pretty much in constant contact with the authorities on my behalf and that he was so glad I was still upright on Monday. He was going to call off the dogs. This series of interactions is perfectly representative of my favorite part of the festival. All of us came in as strangers, thousands of us, maybe 100,000 of us. But we left as a sort of family. I probably had a dozen recurring callback conversations to this effect with random folks. And every time it happened, I was nothing but smiles all around. Smiles all around. We've grown so accustomed to hearing only the negative developments of society. We hear about homophobia and racism and drug addiction. We hear about toxic masculinity and the disintegration of our national values. And sure, all that stuff to some extent does exist. And to bystanders, this festival might represent the downfall of our more godly attributes. But that's bullshit. Instead, what was especially noteworthy was the removal of negative judgment and the almost mystical aura of togetherness that took center stage. There weren't scores of drunken idiots looking for trouble. There wasn't rampant drug abuse. Drug use? Absolutely. But nothing destructive. I danced with men and women and folks who don't fit so nicely into either of those binary categories. I saw people looking out for one another, sharing their waters and their ears to those in need. I forgot about real problems like Ukraine and American gun violence in schools. I definitely forgot about fake problems like, Oh no, what about Will Smith and Amber Heard? And it reminded me of a lesson that I've learned so many times before, but that's always hard to remember. And that is that there's love all around us. That loneliness can be squelched by finding a like-minded group of positive souls. And that above all, we're all capable of a more optimistic outlook when we're not looking for things to be pissed off about. Some of you are hearing or seeing this and thinking to yourselves, Blah, blah, blah. It's just a music festival. Once you come down already. And to those of you thinking that way, I urge you to buy a day pass to Movement 2023. Who cares if you're not a techno fan? Who cares if you think you're too old or too fat or too lame? You're not. There's a place for everyone at Movement Detroit. So long as you come ready to strip yourself of the habitual search for division that's been drilled into our lives by the mainstream media and Facebook trolls, then you'll find yourself feeling exactly like I do today. Transformed by love and unwilling to look back at the judgmental bullshit that does nothing but darken our interpretation of this precious opportunity at life. Much love, y'all. See you at Movement next year. Check out this episode on YouTube so you can see some of the sites that made Movement 22 such an incredible experience. Thanks, Jessica, Will, Megan, Kat, Adam, Ben, Chad, another Kat, Tyson, Sarah, Mark, Isaac, Tiffany, and everyone else that we met, all our new friends, too. You made this experience better than I could have ever imagined, and I'm honest when I say I can't wait to take it all again next year at Memorial Day weekend at Movement 2023. Peace out, everybody. 